You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, I will be breaking down Notre Dame's lacrosse schedule being announced. Ryan and I then will provide an update on the hockey team and how they're currently performing. And then lastly, Ryan and I will do yet another NFL draft prospect profile, this time for Nick McLeod. Before we get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So folks, we're going to get into talking about this lacrosse schedule. And if you don't know this about me, I actually played lacrosse four years in high school. And I think it comes with the territory of being a Notre Dame fan and being fully dove into following this lacrosse team. And I know that there's not every single Notre Dame fan out there is a fanatic of the lacrosse program like I am, but I do know that there are a lot of Notre Dame fans from the Long Island area, from parts of the Northeast, where lacrosse is very active, and for that reason, it is one of the most highly rooted for lacrosse programs in the country. So maybe you're not a lacrosse fan and you're not really interested in hearing about this. I do encourage you just to kind of hear about this team and and what to expect for the season because once basketball is done, I really consider this lacrosse program to be the premier spring sport for this, this Notre Dame athletics program. Some other schools will, baseball will be the case. Some of these Southern schools, some of these SEC schools. And Notre Dame has a decent baseball program. They've put out some some players into the MLB and they do it on a somewhat consistent basis. A lot of times you do see players on the baseball team playing football as well and having impacts there. The most notable one, Jeff Samarja, who went on to play in the MLB. But this lacrosse program is, if you're not a big fan of lacrosse, I do encourage you in following it. And the games are always on. (laughs) The games are always on every weekend. There are a lot of games that are going to be on and and for you to be able to watch because it is one of the few college sports going on during the spring. So this schedule that they announced, I'm going to run through it here. It's a lot shorter than the typical schedule is. So they're expected to start with Robert Morris. Then they play Bellarmine, Marquette, Cleveland State, and Virginia. That is early stretch of games that I just went through there are all expected to be home games. All of these programs except for Virginia are relatively small, non-impactful programs. Robert Morris, not a big program. Bellarmine, a pretty new program. Marquette, a little bit more established, but still not as good as some of these others on their schedule. And then Cleveland State, again, fills in as basically a a schedule softener. And it's kind of like what we saw with the basketball schedule and how it's structured typically where there's going to be a clump of games that are supposed to be really easy at the start of your season to get you rolling and ready for when you hit conference play. And conference play is really going to be when things are difficult for this Notre Dame team because they play in the ACC which is a really, really good lacrosse conference. And I think many would argue 
it's actually the best conference for lacrosse. If not, maybe you could argue that it's top two. But in my opinion, I really do think this is the best lacrosse program. After they play Virginia, it goes Syracuse, Duke back-to-back, which I found really interesting. So they play them on April 10th, and then they play them. Uh, so that tenth, the game on the 10th is in South Bend. And then the second time they play them on the 22nd. So there's a huge gap of time in between the two times that they play. And that one is going to be at Duke. And then they're going to round out the schedule with North Carolina in Syracuse. So this lacrosse schedule is very thin. This is not a lot of conference games. You will typically see over 20 games in a schedule. And right now, this is a lot smaller than it typically is. And we didn't really see that impact, this much of an impact on a schedule with the other sports because hockey was shrunken, but not like this much. This is almost like a half season that they're playing here. And what this ultimately means is that they're going to have to be really, really consistent and do really, really good in that final stretch. They need to be perfect in that that clump of games here where you're playing Robert Morris, Bellarmine, Marquette, and Cleveland State. There cannot be any mistakes there with any of those games. They have to go 4-0 in that beginning stretch because you are then playing three of the top programs in the ACC. If you go 4-0 and then maybe you drop a couple here and there, maybe you don't completely go undefeated, or sorry, let me rephrase that. You're not going to go completely undefeated in the ACC play, but maybe you don't easily beat some of these other big programs. If you can take a couple losses if you start your season strong. So for me, I think that has to be the priority. Going against some of these smaller, newer programs, they have to start strong. They have to start 4-0. And then once you get get into knocking off and playing some of these more reputable programs, that is when you need to really hunker down and try to finish strong. I honestly don't know what the NCAA tournament structure is going to be, and I don't think it's entirely finalized right now. I don't even know if there's enough teams playing right now for this spring season for them to even really do a full NCAA tournament. But it's going to have to be something that is monitored on a day-by-day basis. The other thing, too, with this is the season usually starts sooner than this. And it's starting at the very end of February. February 27th is that first game against Robert Morris. It is going to be on the ACC network. So a pretty good schedule that we're seeing here for Notre Dame. And it's going to be a fun season to track. And I'm going to provide updates because during the spring, not a lot of stuff to go over because we're going to be completely done with basketball. Football is going to be in spring ball, but not a lot of headlines coming out of it. And I think it's something that should be given updates on every so often. Up next, we will provide an update on the Notre Dame hockey season as they have eight games remaining. Before we get to that, though, folks, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, folks, but the NBA is in full swing. College basketball is moving fast right now. The NHL is going on right now. MLB is coming up pretty quick, folks. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the new news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 
your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expo, export, yeah, expert. Sorry, folks. And use promo code locked on to get that bonus. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners about Bill Bar? So, full disclaimer we had a complimentary box of Bill Bar's brand new bar, which is the coconut brownie chunk. And I must admit, I'm not a big coconut fan. So, I was a little hesitant to try this bar, but I must say, after trying it, it is one of my favorite flavored Bilt Bars that I've had to date. It's delicious. If you like the coconut dough chunk Bilt Bar, then you're going to love chocolate, car. Uh, sorry, coconut brownie chunk. It's dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks in every bite. It doesn't get any better. Nutritional facts for the bar. It's still good for you while also tasting delicious. 150 cal, only 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. It is a limited time flavor, so you better go to BuiltBar.com today and get the latest flavor. Again, Coconut Brownie Chunk, one of the new and best protein bars that Built Bar has brought to the market. I have to say, Ryan, I'm trying it right now, and this is absolutely fantastic. I ate the whole thing while you were doing that read, and I didn't know what to expect. And you talked about how like, I, I'm not a big coconut guy. I didn't think it was going to be that good, if I'm being completely honest, because I don't like coconut. That was fantastic. That might be the best one that I've tried. I got like I got like marshmallow flavor in there with right. some brownie bits at the top. It was good, man. It's really good. I stand by my statement. I have no idea how these things are healthy, healthy, but they are. Folks, you should try them. <laughs> That's my random thrown-in testimony while eating it on why you should buy it. All right, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to this next segment, folks. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all of the sports news you need in under twenty minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast so ryan let's talk some hockey here as the notre dame hockey team right now they were struggling for a bit and they've managed to reclaim their footing during a complicated season playing arguably the worst sport to be playing during covid because of the nature of how covid reacts it's actually been said that a lot of youth hockey teams have been dealing with huge outbreaks because it apparently just sits in these rinks because it's so cold. It's like the perfect environment for COVID to live. But we don't need to get into that stuff. The Notre Dame hockey team, though, as I said, has bounced back after having some some rough losses. And that bounce back has put them at a 10-9-1 record, 8-7-1 in conference. Nothing fantastic, but enough to place them at third in the Big Ten. And those the stretch of games that I'm referring to, they had a 3-2 overtime win over Penn State. And then the way that they played against Ohio State was fantastic because they completely smacked them. And I don't like Ohio State as a program in any sport. I absolutely hate them, if I'm being completely honest. Completely honest. And to beat them 6-1 and 8-1 in hockey is just so satisfying. So right now, Notre Dame sits at third, just slightly above Michigan. They have the edge because of that tie, 8-7-1. Michigan is 8-6. Upcoming, their next stretch of games, Ryan, 
They're playing Minnesota, who sits at second in the Big Ten. And then after that, they travel to Wisconsin, where they will be playing the University of Wisconsin, who is the first team in the Big Ten. And they're not that many games back. Both of those teams have 11-5 and five conference records. So if you if you go 4-0 in that stretch there, I mean, that's we don't need to go too deep in analysis here. There's no complicated math. You go 4-0 in that stretch and you beat both those teams, you could be right up at, at second or first. It's kind of like the basketball team. Basketball team's a completely different scenario for their standings, but they're doing okay right now in hockey. They're just above 500, but if they can finish strong, they can end up almost winning the conference. They can be that close, and that, that's what you need if you want to make – uh, the Frozen Four tournament. Well, it's all about how you're playing down the stretch, going towards the Frozen Four, right? Going towards the playoffs, going in any sport. It doesn't matter. It's always a what have you done for me lately kind of feel to sports. And getting hot at the right times, I mean, we've seen in any sport, in any run, like Indianapolis Colts, for instance, just completely taking this off tangent a little bit, like the Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts, where we're always close, couldn't beat Tom Brady. Their defense was never good. And then they hit a little playoff spurt where the defense played really well. And then they made that push, even though they were not the Super Bowl favorites. Like that happens all the time. And for Notre Dame hockey, we've seen stretches of good hockey. We've seen stretches of not the best hockey. But right now, as you're saying, they're on a nice little run here. They have some big opportunity moving forward. It's all about how they're going to end the season here, moving towards the money, the money time, right? Towards those moments where they need to play their best hockey. This is the big moment for them. Let's continue the momentum that they've already built. And you're only as good as your last game. And right now, I think Notre Dame is playing very good hockey, but also I feel like they're playing with that chip on their shoulder where, hey, guys, like we don't have much margin for error anymore. Like We need to really start to get this momentum moving towards the Frozen Four and some big moments ahead. And it's worth noting, just to kind of close out this this segment, Per the, the USCHO rankings, and there's a couple different rankings that, that people go off of for this, they are currently in the receiving votes category with the most votes right behind UConn, who has a very similar record. Northeastern has a very similar record as well. Bedmidji State and Providence also have very similar records. So they're not too far off from being capable of pushing themselves into a spot where they are um, going to clearly make the tournament. I don't think that they need to win the Big Ten tournament to go there. If they do, it obviously helps them. It's pretty much automatic at that point. But hypothetically speaking, if you can get into that second spot and you do really well in the tournament, you maybe make it to the final. I think that that will certainly help their case come playoff time and come selection time for the Frozen Four. So coming up, we're going to wrap up with a draft profile on Nick McLeod. Before we get to that, though, Ryan, can you just briefly talk to our listeners about Rock Auto? There's nothing more frustrating than auto repair sometimes. And if you know that, if you're using chain stores, they mostly have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com, on the other hand, prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will dictate kind of like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, 
motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Also, folks, hit that subscribe button for us as well and leave us a five-star review if you're feeling generous on this Friday when you are tuning in. Ryan, we've got another draft prospect profile, the next highest-rated guy, another priority free agent, another UDFA per NFL Draft Bible's rankings, Nick McLeod. So let's hear from your perspective. What are his best traits in your opinion? Well, I mean, I think size immediately jumps off the tape for you. You know, we talk about what he was able to do at the Hula Bowl as the defensive player of the game with two interceptions during that during that game. Through the majority of his North uh, North Carolina State career before he transferred over to Notre Dame, you saw competitiveness. You see size and length easily, right around six foot one, over two hundred pounds, playing at the catch point. When he gets his eyes back towards the line of scrimmage and he is able to play through the body of a wide receiver. He's very good. He's competitive. He can match up physically in those situations. The tough part about Nick is at points in the run game specifically, he doesn't quite play up to his size all the time. You know, he he seems a little tentative as a tackler, which is a little odd, and he's not the greatest athlete in the world. So he's never going to be a guy that's incredibly twick, tw- quick twitch. You're not going to play him in off-man coverage, but in a press-man-based team or a cover-three system or cover-two system even – that keep good um, good eye discipline towards the line of scrimmage, and he's able to use um, his instincts in zone coverage. I think that he would be very advantageous in that system and impress man. The ability to get up on the line of scrimmage and use that size at the line of scrimmage will also be very good for him to be successful. So there's a lot of physicality to him as a pass coverage uh, player. There's a lot of size and length to disrupt the catch point and at the line of scrimmage. Not the most fluid athlete of all time, but in the right system, the right scheme, it only takes one team to fall in love with the traits that you have a little bit and then for you to make that push to making a roster. I think that Nick McLeod does have the makeup that some teams will definitely value. Yeah, and I, I think the one thing that we've come to a consensus on, and it was pretty blatantly obvious when we, we saw him struggle in some of these games, that he's got the size, and, and that's something that teams are always going to value, and he might be a guy that – do you think he might benefit from moving to safety because he's on the bigger side, or do you think he doesn't have that skill set? It's a tough one. I mean, yes, the size screams safety to me, the movement skills scream safety, but then you see him in the run game sometimes. You're just like, he doesn't really tackle consistently. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, like people are going to highlight that hurdle against uh, Najee Harris, right? Like, or he looked very tentative <laughs> to 
put his nose in there, but like that's just kind of his style, you know. So I I think that he's probably a corner only. Uh, we'll see if if he can improve the physicality. I mean, he certainly has the body to play safety, but you know, just looking at his uh, skill set and how he plays the game, even though he looks like he could possibly play safety, I think he's probably a corner. But then in that situation, he's going to have to be very scheme dependent. So we already touched on and said that he is projected as a priority free agent, does well in the hula bowl, and I think that pretty much solidifies it. When, when you get invited to a a game like the hula bowl, if you play lights out, that does not mean it makes you a draftable prospect. But however, if you go out there and you perform well enough to earn a defensive player of the game, two interceptions, I think that's enough to solidify that your current draft status is probably not going to go down any further. If that makes sense, maybe it's a, there's still things that can change change in that in the period of time before the draft, but his performance kind of locks him into where he is. Maybe he gets a slight bump based on how he does at the pro day, um, but it, priority free agent seems like the most best case as he's probably going to be mostly a special teamer early on, and if he if he makes a a, a team, well, I'll give Nick credit. You know, he went to the hula ball and in a offseason where there are a couple games that had to go fully virtual in the NFLPA and the East-West Shrine game, like we've talked about this a few times, he took advantage of his opportunities. The last time the scout has seen now Nick McLeod, he had two interceptions in a hula bowl, right? He had two interceptions on the all-star circuit. So it really depends on how he tests. I think that if he tests relatively well, then maybe he could ride the momentum to being a late rounder. But I think mostly it's a PFA just because I mean, I anticipate him running around the four four. I mean, four five five to four six zero mark, which is not a great time for a cornerback. I don't think that he's incredibly quick twitch, so I don't think his lower body explosive stuff is going to be great. I don't think his three cone is going to be great. Like, there's just not much athletically that I look at him and say like he's going to test out of his mind. So he's a guy that has taken advantage of what he had as opportunities in the All Star circuit, but I don't think he's going to be able to continue that momentum throughout the majority of the draft process which is why I think priority free agent is probably the best case. But, you know, if he tests better than I expect, like maybe if he runs a 4-5-1, 4-5-0 flat, like he surprised a little bit, maybe he has a decent jump, then I think later rounds are possible. But I would definitely 100% agree that priority free agent is the most likely circumstance here. And we were discussing trying to come up with best fits for McLeod. And I think we previously mentioned this. And if, if you didn't happen to hear it, folks, the one thing that we discussed – is he's probably going to benefit from playing in a scheme that runs a lot of cover three because he's not the best athlete. And because he's bigger, he's going to do a lot better in press situations. So what were some of the teams that you came up with that you think could be good good fits? It's a little cliche just to pick out all the cover three teams because that's always like, oh, if a corner's tall but not a great athlete, like you can just throw him into a cover three and automatically that makes sense. But I think for Nick it actually does, you know, just because – when you see him at his best, he's able to get his eyes back towards the line of scrimmage and make plays at the catch point, and that's what the cover three system is predicated upon. I also think cover two would be a good spot for him. Just the ability to keep that good eye discipline, you know? And so for cover three teams, I mean, obviously the first thing that's going to pop into your mind always is the Seattle Seahawks under Pete Carroll. Like, that's just what they do. That's always what they do. Richard Sherman made a living. Byron Maxwell made a living. Like, these guys are – I mean – Obviously, Richard Sherman to a to a lesser degree because he's been a really good player on San Francisco as well. So it's not like <laughs> he's just a cover three corner, right? But um, obviously, that that really is advantageous to what he does best, like it is with Nick McLeod. So I think that they are a good fit. 
San Francisco 49ers, I think, is another good one that just came off the top of my head. Obviously, with Robert Sala's defense, they are cover three heavy. Uh, New York Jets then, in that instance, what we saw Bryce Hall do really well as a rookie after coming back from the injury, rookie out of Virginia. He's kind of in that same similar mold, staying on a vertical third. I feel like Nick McLeod would fit well with Robert Sala down into New York Jets. As another cover three, we just saw Dan Quinn get hired by the Dallas Cowboys um, as their defensive coordinator. So he runs up a ton of cover three. So that would make a ton of sense. Dallas Cowboys another one. And then I just want to throw in one like more press man type system. See, so yeah, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, you know, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, kind of had an up and down year after a dominant 2019 season. They're both guys that want to get their hands on you at the line of scrimmage. Not the greatest athletes of all time. I think Nick McLeod could really, really, you know, he could really benefit from the ability to disrupt the line of scrimmage, to, to really get in player and uh, wide receivers' faces and really make some release points very difficult. So Pittsburgh Steelers was another one, more of a press man system that I think the physicality that he plays with as a pass coverage guy mm-hmm. really fits into what the Steelers' kind of moniker is, right? Like they like physical defenders on all three levels, and I think at least as a pass coverage player, maybe not so much as a run support player, Nick McLeod fits that bill. Yeah, I really like all of those um, just for where he's probably going to fit best. You're probably you're probably going to end up seeing him on a team that values bigger corners. And I, it seems like we're working towards that a lot lately. It seems like that's just turning into the prototype. And there's bigger corners that are significantly better athletes. And those are the guys that are going to be the first round picks, the early drafted prospects. And then McLeod kind of ends up being a backup type special teamer because he doesn't have that athletic profile. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Nick McLeod. We're going to keep everything updated, but we're going to hit on a, a, probably a couple guys next week as we continue to power through um, a bunch of these NFL draft prospect profiles. That was it for today's show. Stay tuned on Monday as we will recap. I will recap the Miami game. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Irish, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. Hit the subscribe button, leave a five star review. And then uh, if you're looking for something else to tune into, check out Locked On Bets. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. We'll talk to you on Monday.